Welcome to the Forex Analytics Community Experience, or FACE, podcast. Dale Pinkert interviews some of the sharpest and most knowledgeable people in the financial markets daily. Also, you can go directly to forexanalytics.com or find us on YouTube to watch these interviews live and get fresh, intraday macro and technical analysis of the currency, stock, and commodities markets daily from the Forex Analytics team. Our FACE show is free every trading day. Now here's your host, Dale Pinkert. George Robertson, pleasure to meet you. Welcome to FACE. Yeah, do you hear me there? I got you, George. How are you? Pretty good. Good. I'm uh, complimented you had me on. Uh, thanks for granting it, uh, George. Uh, you know, I, I saw you on Twitter and it uh, uh, looks like uh, interest rates and bonds are your uh, bailiwick. And, uh, you know, before we get going, I, I always like to uh, find out a little bit about people's journey, how they get from point A to point B. So, you know, I went to your Twitter stream and it said that you started at Sally. Was that Sally May or Solomon? Solomon Brothers. All right. Okay. Great big bond house. So before your that was your first job in the industry. Were you thinking before that, that you wanted well, to I, be involved I, um... in the financial markets? I, I got to confess, it, it, it wasn't my first job in finance. I was a stockbroker in Toronto with my Harris Tweed jacket and my gray oh, slacks. Yeah. And right. uh, I had a few dentists as my clients. Uh, and they I were did good such prospects. terrible, terrible stuff <laughs> to them that I was scared that I'd never get my teeth fixed ever again in Toronto. So I picked so up whatever you, I had and came down. Did to you leave, have to leave Canada? You're down in the I States. I had to leave now? Canada. And it's uh, for me, it is not safe yet. So there, that's okay. my. <laughs> I won't go too far. Uh, can you explain your handle at Bicker uh, and Brattle? Yeah, Bicker and Brattle. That's um, I, I, I apologize for that. Um, sorry about that. Okay. I apologize for that. That's uh, from uh, Robert Burns. It's about uh, uh, the mouse where he's plowing his field and he finds a a mouse nest that he ripped apart. And it's just a talking about, it's a poem about the inexplicable um, tragedy, chaos that can happen when you think everything's nice and cozy and you're in your little mouse hole. And there you go. So that's okay. Brickery Brattle. Okay. All right. Thank you, George. So, uh, you know, I did go to your stream and um, it's time to talk a little bit, uh, talk some markets with you. So uh, let me just share. So, you know, this has been one of the worst bear markets in my career. Um, I, I don't know if it is in history, but in my career, I mean, TLT from 170 to uh, mid 80s in a couple of years. Um, I'm starting to see some technical signs that we could be setting up for at least some type of uh, bear market rally. Doesn't sound like, or what I see, that you talk a lot about directional stuff in interest rates. Um, uh, yeah. But do you have a view? Do you have a view? Because, oh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I do. And, and it was really interesting. I, I sort of um, eavesdropped on you guys about a couple, you know, uh, 10, 20 minutes before this, uh, this uh, forum. And uh, it is, it was a lot of discussion about things that usually I, I haven't had too much involvement, a lot of technical analysis, a lot of, um, uh, you know, double tops, triple whammies. Now, uh, 20 years ago, I would have been somewhat dismissive, but now I'm not at all. Um, in fact, Matt, I think that's where it is right now. 
because people are overthinking the macro. Uh, there's really massive flows going down, but they're only happening about every six months to 18 months. There, there is not this constant mem that's going around about, you know, if Powell will do this, if employment does that, and so on. It is not a responsive market now to macro. There's just uh, two or three things. So what really counts now is just to be a superior risk manager. And uh, that's where the respect I have for the approach that I heard was that if you, um, yeah, you, you, you might catch some things, maybe you get 51, 55% average that you actually called the market. But one thing you don't get caught up in when you approach the market with the detail of uh, the, uh, the levels that you guys look at is you don't get cut off and you, you don't get cut off of the knees and destroyed. Uh, you're always uh, uh, very know close where, to know where you're wrong before you pull the trigger and right. then and, and and have your stop the there. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think what uh, is really interesting is that I don't know if I call it a bear market or a bull market. What I do think is that we have a, a fascinating situation where the last 30 years of um, certainty of what, what the Fed was doing, that the market was very confident they knew the Fed, that they knew treasury supply demand, they knew all these variables cold, so that it was just plug and play as we got into an era where none of those variables really count anymore. Um, we're, we're waiting for the big event. We've got the stage set. We got everything going, and I'm not talking about uh, you know doom and gloom, and the you know the U.S. is going to blow up or go bankrupt or anything. But I am talking about a very significant regime change where we're no longer under like the autopilot of the Fed taking care of us. You know, sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're right, but you can count on the Fed. The Fed's not there, um, and okay. I say that not not as a debater, like an anti-Fed guy. But I say that just because I don't see any signs of the Fed in terms of the macro um, economic analysis, the monetary economic analysis that I do and have done for decades. So that that means that uh, to be very, very conscious of price levels and, and uh, innate understanding of volatility and risk is probably the way to go as we wait to see where this goes, where it plays any, out. Uh, George, any comparison to the 70s? Yes, um, you know, so I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that have pa parallels with the 70s and uh, wondering if, uh, you know, we're not in that type of we went through that type of regime. And also what's interesting is, you know what they brought back? The old term I hadn't heard for a few decades, bomb vigilantes. Yes, the bomb yeah, vigilantes are back and we hadn't heard about them for, you know, a couple of decades. So right. um, uh, Carvel said, if he died, he wants to come back as a bond, right? You know, scare the hell out of everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 it's um, in my my approach. I don't really see anything bullish or bearish in yield. I, I see uh, tre treasury yield as being reflective of the the very long term um, uh, potential in NGDP growth. And NGDP growth, of course, contains real growth and it contains inflation. So uh, where the where the five years going right now is uh, I think there's two things going on. First, it's it's quite normal that if this NGDP growth is going to stick with us for a while, that the five years should be here. Actually, I, I think it's going to go higher. And then the second thing okay. going on is that the Fed went on for a, a very aggressive experiment 
that I don't think was really discussed much, which was from 2012 on QE, they sold it as like an ease. Well, it's not an ease at all. What it is is a very large, significant redo of how the banks uh, are managed and overseen by the Fed, in particular, the reserves. Uh, that being the case, the, um, the, the, the QE was actually not an ease. What it was, was a moving from not just controlling Fed funds, but, but basically taking over the whole curve. So uh, we had a bit of this from Fannie Mae back in the rains time and in the end of the 90s. Um, but it was just a bubble. And we had some of it in the 80s when World Bank couldn't do anything more than the five year. But, but we have uh, an extraordinary move by the Fed that it dictates not just Fed funds, but two years, five years, seven years, 10 years. And then duration starts to be a bit of a problem. So it doesn't quite- Didn't, they, didn't the Fed uh, tell all the banks uh, to load up on long duration a few years ago when rates were at 130 year lows. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they dictate things like that. But if how did it happen then that they it, all got it, it loaded up? Because um, if you have a couple trillion bucks coming, uh, sort of force fed into the banks, like uh, here, here, here's your. Here's yeah. your the money that we're going to give you because we're actually holding it. And it was the Fed that more or less maxed out on the 10 years and the in the in the five years. And so I don't think um, as far as I can understand, by looking at the bank balance sheets, I don't think they're really in that that a um, challenged position right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in Europe right now. I'm visiting my son. Um, um, where are where are you? Well, it's uh, I'm, I'm in Garmisch, Germany. Okay. Uh, the the uh, the NATO uh, army base. Okay. Uh, the the um, the as the Fed built these reserves up, um, they just sort of stuffed it into the the banks, and then they dropped the the curve. It used to be uh, I forget what that rule is three three and ten or something like that, where you would just show up at uh, at ten o'clock in the morning and you do uh, this and that, and you would just ride the curve, and the Fed would hold things steady, and everything was in good shape. Well, the Fed just took that away from the banks and it just said, here, here's another three trillion, five trillion in terms amongst all of you and go go put it to work um, or at least uh, give it back to us, which is what they did. Uh, and uh, there wasn't any yield. There was no curve. Uh, the Fed destroyed the curve. So I think that led up to what you're talking about is that they started to incrementally add duration risk so as to get some sort of cash flow or, or earnings. Um, but the, the banks are pretty, the system's pretty sound. And these reserves are very, very large now versus what they were about 10 years ago. So I don't think that's a problem. Uh, I think what the problem is, is the Fed's um, uh, aggressive and even hubris that they can command every risk-free rate there is from Fed funds right up to 10 years. Okay, and uh, what are what are the risks of them doing that? Uh, people say well, the, something breaking, uh, the rollover of debt uh, that peop, uh, corporations are going to have to go through, and everyone say next year uh, that it's going to be sticker shock where they were financing and where they're going to have to roll over to. Well, I'm probably I'm probably going to um um. um Surprise me there. I'm, I'm probably, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to disappoint you is that U S oh. treasuries are perfectly fungible. 
Like, in other words, I give you a trillion, you can give me a trillion. And if I drop it to 500 billion, you drop it to 500 billion. They're, they're an asset liability problem always, as far as the macro and monetary economics go. So there is no demand supply problem for, um, for the system. Uh, it, it, it just doesn't exist. Um, and that's, that's what I said uh, uh, um. Just lost you. Are you still here? Oh. George is gone. All right, well, that show biz. We'll we'll get George back, everybody. I I had some questions to ask. Anyway, um thanks for being here on Turnaround Tuesday, everyone. Good hunting uh the rest of the day. Um we'll see you tomorrow and I'll reschedule George. Uh guy had some interesting things that I wanted to talk about. Um, but we have to adjust. So don't just count your pips, count your blessings, everyone. And we'll see you tomorrow. Could join the team. A little less than a half an hour for the morning edge. And uh, it's good to have internet back. Great to be back with everyone. See everyone tomorrow. You're welcome, Mary. All right, guys. Adios. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's back. George is back. Hi. Hey, I, George. Okay, you're back. All right. So I apologize. Uh, I I left my phone anyway. That's my excuse is I left my phone and stuff, so I had to buy one of these Apple things, and I hate Apple. Okay. And uh, sorry about that. That's but what okay. I'm saying is the, the treasuries are an asset liability problem always for the government, for the Fed, for the banks, for pretty well everybody, and in fact, their identities. That means if you want to, if you do something like this, like this or that, then you will have um, uh, you will have a corresponding balancing out of it, and so it's not a problem. Uh, this is a hard concept for people to to come to terms with. They're they're always trying to say, well, if there's only 500 billion of issuance at this one month, and now there's a trillion, it must be that there's a supply demand problem, and that's just not that's just not the case. Or at least it's it's ever been the case in my experience. Um, yeah, yeah, most that's what everyone's talking about. The uh uh supply that that the uh government is crowding out everybody and you're saying that's not true. No, nah, it's it, it's I think there could be small sm small effects on like the five year, the ten year, the repo markets, and we have seen in the repo markets, but as far as like setting the ten year rate, the market rate, how it trades right now, that's I think that's completely a function of the Fed still administrating rates and letting it go as they do QT, uh, as they start to let some of the treasuries go, in which case the treasury is going to move to where the, the real rate is right now in terms of where 10-year uh, U.S. risk-free, not just necessarily the U.S. Treasury 10-year, is pricing um, the risk of the NGDP and inflation and you know, what Marjorie Green's going to do and what the Fed may or may not do. Um, it, it's not an issue of supply. Okay. So uh, do you think the 10-year could trade up towards uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I, I, I have great, I have a lot of comfort in that call more so than, than I've been in the last couple of decades. And it is completely a macroeconomic, um, uh, monetary economic uh, uh, call. Uh, the problem with this call is that it, it doesn't have a mem. It doesn't have anything for anyone to do month to month, week to week. And likely it's going to take place, as we've seen it in the last couple of weeks, with uh, very significant jumps up and then just sort of fade it and, and people trade. And then you, you get a very technical approach to so it. So we have like, we have kind of like a period. It, it's getting parabolic is what you're saying. I, I think it's uh, I, I would uh, use some of my option experience. I would call it a, a jump diffusion. But that means that okay. the, uh, the volatility is maintained, but then you get a, wh a whacking, you know, up 10 percent or down 10 percent. And then you digest that and then you go back to the regime of all that you uh, have in the market. Okay. OK, so with that forecast, George, you're sanguine about equities. And I believe you said that, um, you know, there should be no reason why we can't see 5,000 S&Ps. And, yeah, uh, and that's including what you're thinking on yields. Um, yes. Where And, you know, the market has been so resilient in the face of higher yields, in yeah, the face um, of a stronger dollar. Um, you know, uh, so you're sanguine. Does that mean that earnings are going to keep coming through, no, even though yields are headed higher? I, I think uh, um, I, I think earnings. Well, that, that's another rabbit hole I can dive into. Um, ever since the S and P 500's leaders have been so concentrated in only four or five yeah. key people per company, the magnificent really, seven. Yeah, they're really not too. They're not too worried about earnings. They're they're worried about uh, I, I don't know uh, the politics, the power, you know, their legacy, where they're going to go for the next ten years. Um, they want to get rocket ships launched and, you know, important things. Um, and it's not like it was uh, even 10 years ago where quarter to quarter earnings really counted. Uh, and then the second thing, we have all these massive offshore tax schemes, uh, basically scofflaw schemes to avoid paying taxes in the U.S., uh, which even though um, Theo slash Trump dropped uh, corporate tax down to, you know, 12% or so, um, it's still not equivalent to the Irish tax rate of, I don't know, what is it, 7%, 8% now. So that gives them a huge room to put their IP and various other licensing rights in Ireland, uh, do all the industrial wherever, uh, making the stuff in, you know, in China or, or how have it, and their marketplace in the U.S. and avoid paying taxes. Now, what this ends up with is that they, they're very, very um, uh, forceful in terms of managing their earnings. If you look at the NIPA, this is the Bureau of Economic Analysis accounts of all the corporate profits in the United States, uh, you, you'll, see very, you, you'll see very quickly that... Um, Do you have that up here, George? Uh, on your yeah, hub page? In the, uh, um, uh, where do I have that? Uh, that's my whiz-bang uh, set. Uh, that uh, yeah, that, that with the verbiages. But anyway, the, yeah, the the U.S. Uh, the Bureau of Economic Analysis says that corporate profits for the nation are at record highs. Just there it is, right there on the, on the, that side. Um, and this this graph you're having right here is the national accounting of corporate profits for the nation. It is sort of plateaued there for a bit, but it is at is at uh, 
you know, very strong right now. Um, yeah. And it's not showing up in S&P earnings. So okay. uh, I think what all this adds up to is that uh, the S&P earnings are, are not quite as much as the drivers they were like 10 years ago. And again and again, I'm, I'm speaking in terms of macro flows that are, that are taking, uh, you know, three to eight quarters to play out uh, right now, which are probably beyond the, the career objectives of, of anybody uh, that, that's trying to make a living week to week in the marketplace. So it is, yes, I'm right. But then who cares? Uh, what we have to do is, is figure out what to do week to week, day to day. And I, do I think you that's trade, Do you trade, George, at all? You trade? Uh, I, I used to trade a shitload. Um, but back in the day, I, I still trade for my personal account. Yeah. And I found that um, the trading I used to do, which was more akin to like, uh, uh, you know, making flour out of grain. And, and uh, what right now, what I what you try to do with your personal account, even even if it's of sub substance, that is 15 times harder than it is to to trade for a large institution. Yeah. OK. All right. And uh, anything actionable that you see? Are we at any kind of inflection point? I mean, my original question was, uh, say, for example, TLT got down to 84. I'm starting to see some uh, technical divergences here. For the first time, in fact, uh, big picture on TLT. Let me just uh, go to it. So we took care of some unfinished business um, a week or so ago, and that was um, clearing out the October low. Okay. Yeah. So um, the the October low. So I would I would be a little careful with that. Um, I would I would always I would stress that when you feel that the trade is to uh, short TLT because uh, I don't I don't think we've seen the yeah. end of these rates rises. Okay, then, so sell a, a, sell a more, rally. It, it be yeah, be a little more comfortable with that trade. And then okay, if you do go the other way, which I, I you know obviously you've caught a couple of these waves that that have worked out quite well, just be uh, more than usually cautious in terms of uh, okay. how long you stick. Okay. Um, uh, anything on the equity side? Uh, you uh, have conviction about? The S and P's trading towards five K. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, um, I'm fairly comfortable on that. Um, it's is it December? Is it next quarter? I'm not certain, but I do know that uh, the major, if you if you look at like not just like the the analysis that that you, you're applying in front of me right now, if you just look at like um, what is the the core, you know, the central theory for all bears right now. And it is that the Fed has induced a monetary cycle and it is tightening. And, you know, we, we might get some more Fed funds up or maybe nothing, but uh, that is more than enough uh, for anybody with any sense to look forward to a lower end GDP, higher unemployment, and therefore a bear market. Uh, the problem with that is that it doesn't show up in any of the macro flows. There, okay. there basically is no Fed in terms of being able to affect that type of, um, of change in NGDP. Uh, and if, if the S&P 500 were to trade aligned with the NGDP that we've seen, you know, since April 2020, it should be, it should be well over 5,000. Okay. Um, do you have any kind of business? You're just doing this to, you know, educate people and 
Um, I'm, share uh, your views. I'm sort of casting around what, what, what to do with a lot of time on my hands right now. Um, my uh, risk manager, I, uh, my partner at home says that I'm retired, but I'm not, I'm not too keen to do it. My habit was 12 hour days. So I'm, I'm still at it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, have you ever been to a retirement dinner for a, uh, financial trader? Uh, usually they don't make it that long. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> my retirement plan, uh, plan is slumping over my keyboard. Right. So, anyway, George, really a pleasure meeting you. I'd, I'd love to talk to you again. And, uh, you know, as things move forward towards the end of the year and see if you're um, sure. And, and I'm, uh, I can take it. So if, if I'm, I'm sitting right. there going to uh, and the S and P's at like, uh, you know, 3000 have at me. All right. You got, well, I'll be gentle. All right, buddy. Okay. All right. And you uh, survived sure. an interview with Dale Pinker makes you my trading warrior brother now. All so right, everyone, great. everyone, George Robertson, if your interest is uh, bonds and yields, he really has a, from what I've seen and, you know, I do a lot of intelligence gathering, really um, interesting and different types of ways of looking at um, what's happening in interest rates that a lot of people uh, in a conventional sense do not. So check them out at Bicker and Brattle, George Robertson, and check his charts out on his R pubs evaluating. Uh, he's got some real interesting charts there. So thanks okay. again, George. Appreciate thanks, it, buddy. Thanks, Great compliment. Thank you. Hey, have a great trip uh, and a uh, great visit with your son and safe journey home. Okay, thank you. All right, that's a wrap, everyone. Remember, don't just count your pips, count your blessings. See everyone tomorrow. You join the team in 15 minutes on the morning edge. Adios.